The following audio is from First Hamilton Christian Reformed Church, where our vision is to be transformed by the gospel so that we can participate with God in his work of renewing all things in Christ. For more information about First Hamilton, visit www.firsthamilton.ca. So I invite you to uh, focus in on the passage that, uh, that was read in 1 Corinthians 9. That's what we're going to be kind of zooming in on of the readings in the lectionary. And because as we move through this season of epiphany, we're reminded again and again of stories in the Gospels or what we read in the Psalms of what glory and power Jesus has. Right? It's easy to see. Even in this gospel passage this morning, right? Jesus was healing people, casting out demons. It was a powerful reflection of the glory of God in the person of Jesus. But then it begs the question, what about us? What is the kingdom of God here and now? What is that all about? The Apostle Paul showed us last week that Receiving Jesus comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, a power that others don't have. As Nashville pastor Scott Sauls uh, summed up for us last week how, how Jesus changes how we love other people, he said this, he said, because Jesus loved us at our worst, we can love others at their worst. Because Jesus has forgiven us for all our wrongs, We can forgive others who have wronged us. Because Jesus Christ offered a gentle answer to us, instead of pouring out punishment, we can offer gentle answers to others. Christ's power is given to us. And so this week we continue on this topic that Paul Uh, talked about last week when he was addressing the Corinthians on food being sacrificed to idols and the challenge to to love uh, and extend ourselves to others. And so Paul continues this conversation but with a little bit of a different spin. This week he's talking more directly about Christian freedom and what it's all about. And he says something that sounds contradictory in this this passage in Corinthians. He says, though I am free and belong to no one, right? Because Christ has freed him from needing to abide by the law, right? The Christian faith is a a faith built on grace. It frees us. We don't belong to anyone, but Paul continues. He says, I've made myself a slave to everyone. To win over as many as possible. Does that sound a little bit confusing, right? To be free and then to enslave ourselves. What's going on here? Well, it comes down to two things that are working in Paul's faith. His his freedom and his reward. His freedom and his reward. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. So first, let's start with Paul's freedom. I want you to just pause for a second and think of a time that you felt the most free. Okay, just close your eyes maybe and imagine, you know, maybe it was um, all of your kids are gone and you're sitting on a beach with a nice drink, right? No responsibilities. 
Does that sound like freedom? Especially almost a year into a pandemic, maybe that's not very fair of me to, to say that at all. But, um, or maybe, maybe it's not that. Maybe for you it's you know, careening down a trail on a dirt bike or a mountain bike. Right? Avoiding rocks and roots. Or um, dangling around defenders on the hockey rink. Right? What is it that makes you feel free, makes you feel most alive? This week, uh, Tracy and I, we watched uh, a documentary on Netflix called Less is More. And this documentary told the story of two men who embraced a lifestyle called minimalism. Some of us may have heard of minimalism before, but basically it's building your life on owning only the things that really add value to your life and then ridding yourself of the rest. And so uh, it's a very pared down and simplified way of living. It's not you know, uncommon for a minimalist to only have four t-shirts in their wardrobe, all of them the same color, right? It's, it's this pared-down, simplified way of living. And this documentary showed these two men, and, and it details how they felt in their previous life enslaved, attached to things, to stuff. At one point in the documentary, one of the hosts shares his journey to minimalism, where he realized how much stuff he had and how unfulfilled and unhappy he still was. And so he pursued minimalism, and he, he put his journey like this. He said, I had a packing party. We packed all my belongings into boxes as if I was moving. So I boxed everything up, clothes, kitchenware, toiletries, TV, video games, everything. And after nine hours and many pizza deliveries later, I was staring at a pile of boxes in my living room. It was all my stuff in my living room. And the deal was, over the next 21 days, I would unpack only the items I needed. Guess what? After three weeks, 80% of my stuff was still sitting in those boxes. And then when I looked at those boxes, I couldn't even remember what was in most of them. All of the things weren't making me happy. And so I let go. I donated the 80% to nonprofits. Guess what? I started to feel free. For the first time in my life, I got my time back. I got my life back. What a journey to... <laughs> Rid yourself of 80% of the things that you own. That's, that's, that's intense. Freedom, right? We, we think a lot of the time as freedom as being freedom from things. Freedom from responsibilities. Freedom from jobs. Freedom from the city. Freedom from COVID restrictions. Maybe your idea, when you sat back and you thought about it, maybe there was a lot of freedom from in it. And part of Paul's vision of Christian freedom is the absence of things that are weighing us down, like the stuff that was weighing that minimalist down, right? Paul tells us that it's by grace that we're saved. It's a gift given to us to set us free from the chains of sin and death that so easily bind us 
we, we are enslaved to the wrong things, and the gospel frees us from that. And so there's this real sense of a freedom from. But then what? And that's the big question that Paul is sharing with us here. Then what? Freedom from, what does that lead us to? See, many people in our culture would agree with the freedom from idea. Freedom from restrictions. But it ends there. You know, people should be free, but don't tell me what I should do with my freedom. Don't tell me how I should live my life. I was reading Tim Keller this week who says that this is simplifying freedom too much. He said, in many areas of life, freedom is not so much the absence of restrictions. It's finding the right ones. That's so key. Freedom is not just the absence of restrictions. Sometimes freedom is actually finding the right restrictions. Think of a fish. If a fresh fish were to live free and decided it should, it should camp out, you know, uh, beside a campfire under the stars without water, it wouldn't really last very long, right? That's not freedom for the fish. Freedom for the fish is in the restriction of water. There's a great uh, Calvin and Hobbes comic strip that speaks to this. One time, Calvin has this great idea. You know, his parents are out. Um, they get a babysitter named Rosalind. I always feel so bad for her. Um, and, and Calvin tricks her into thinking that there's somebody outside the house. And then he locks her out of the house. And you can just see the joy in Calvin. Like, finally, I'm free free from my parents, free from the restrictions of this babysitter. And so what does he do? He does what any six-year-old would do. He, he watches movies that are too old for him. He eats way too much candy and stays up way too late. Right? It's absence of restrictions. And so he does whatever he wants. But what happens is at the end of the night, he finds himself too tired, hopped up on sugar, having nightmares. He, he couldn't find the right things to restrict himself to. His freedom was bad for him. I think this is one of the unanswered questions that the minimalist who got rid of his possessions didn't really have a good answer to. What does he turn to instead of his stuff? And this is what's so striking about Paul's talking about Christian freedom. He admits that, yeah, we're free. We belong to nobody. We're not enslaved to sin any longer. We're free in Christ, but that freedom is only good for us when we find the right things to do with it. When we do a scan of the scriptures, we see that Paul wasn't the only one who thought of things this way. Look at the gospel passage this morning. We see Jesus Christ, right? He had a, a busy day healing people, casting out demons, and then what does he do? He wakes up early, goes away by himself, and prays. That's Sabbath. Right? Jesus Christ himself needed to pay attention to his physical and mental health. He needed rest. He needed time away from the busyness. And then there's Paul in this passage where he applies his freedom to his calling. He says, though I'm free and belong to no one, I make myself a slave to everyone to win over as many as possible. 
And win doesn't mean to beat or to win over. Win, in, in the Greek, it's a, it's a banking term. It means to gain or invest. Paul sees his freedom from sin as something that allows him to bind himself to others. It's his mission. He actually binds himself to others in a way where he takes the burden, the work of making himself flexible, right? You see that he says, to the Jews I became like a Jew. To those without the law, I became like one not having the law. It's his freedom that actually compels him and pushes him and motivates him to invest in others, even at great cost to himself. So what does this mean for us? What does Jesus free you from? And what does that freedom motivate you to do with it? What are the right restrictions? Well, just quickly, let's just look at what motivates Paul. It's his reward. In verses 16 to 18, Paul talks about preaching the gospel for free. Some of us may know that Paul was a bivocational minister, meaning that he planted churches at night and made tents during the day. He was a a tent maker by, by trade. He supported himself. He didn't ask for money from the churches, even though he counseled churches to pay their preachers and teachers and pay them enough for what they did. So why is Paul giving this double standard? Why does he not take money from churches and, and then at the end of the day say, no, you should support your pastors? Well, he says this because he receives his reward for preaching for free. Paul's reward is offering the free gospel. One person put it like this. Paul's reward is the privilege of offering the free gospel free of charge. And in so doing, his own ministry becomes a paradigm of the gospel itself. In other words, Paul's life became a gospel-shaped life. His freedom from and freedom to are, are closely connected to his life story and the way that Jesus Christ has worked in his life. And I think it's probably the same for us. We will find the things that we are compelled and pushed to pursue from our freedom when we pay attention to what Jesus is doing and freeing us from in our lives. You see, early in Paul's life, earlier in Paul's life, he met Jesus. At the time he was Saul, a persecutor of the church, an enemy of Christ, until he met him on the road to Damascus. And and his life changed pretty much in an instant. Right from that point on, Paul devoted his whole life to inviting people to receive the freedom of Christ. Paul's Jesus was personally changing him and compelling him. What about you? How is Jesus changing you? What is he freeing you from right now? And what is he inviting you to do with that freedom? Jesus Christ, Paul says, who knew no sin, became sin for him. And we can take that and apply it in different ways, right? What is it for you? Jesus Christ, who knew no greed, 
made himself greed for you, graciously gives you everything you need so you can be content in all things. Or Jesus Christ, who knew no lust, made himself lust for you, fully knowing and loving you despite your brokenness, so you can know and love only what God has given you. Right? The cross is freedom from that compels us to pursue the right things. For many of us, we've uh, started or will start a journey with, with others in these listening circles that are... Uh, we're processing together the report on human sexuality that our denomination published recently. I think our Christian freedom helps us to do this well. Christian freedom helps us to see our freedom from, from hate, from devaluing others based on opinion. Our freedom from needing the right answer so we can pursue understanding. Pursue real listening. Pursue deeper relationships with others made in the image of God. Pursue respect, respecting the deep convictions in others. Right? Jesus' gift of grace compels us to pursue the things that matter to him. What's your reward? For Paul, it was the many blessings of Christ, sharing in the many blessings of Christ. It's what pushed him. It's what pushed him in his Christian freedom. It's the same for us, too. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of grace that we receive in Christ and how he has freed us from everything that entangles us, that tears us down, that rips us apart, so that we may pursue the right restrictions, the right things that you've designed for us, the ways that you've called us to live as your people. Father, as we struggle with this reality on a daily basis, I pray that you'd give us power in your spirit to do this well, to see our Christian freedom in this way as a freedom from sin and a freedom to pursue godly things. Father, in all of these things, we need grace because we keep, keep getting tripped up, and you know that. So give us help, give us encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.